How important is it to have diversity and to be inclusive? Businesses need to understand like who their employee base is going to be and what those needs are and really start to adapt to them. I think the first thing is to stop and listen and listen for understanding, right? And the responsibility I have as a people leader is to really put myself in my employee's shoes. This is Time to Act. I'm your host, Wyvon Hutchinson. I'm a diversity and inclusion expert and... Through my company, ReadySet, I work with organizations to help them foster a corporate culture that helps provide a sense of belonging to employees. On this podcast, I'm working with CEO Action for Diversity and Inclusion, the largest coalition of CEOs who have pledged to advance diversity and inclusion in the workplace. Throughout this series, we'll explore and highlight the recent steps companies are taking to tackle DNI. And I'll be talking to leaders of industry and diving into why they act as ambassadors for change. In this episode, my guest is Tom Troy, CEO of CSAA Insurance Group. CSAA is a AAA insurer that offers customers car, home, and personal property insurance options. It was also one of the first companies on the West Coast to host the CEO Action Check Your Blind Spots Unconscious Bias bus tour. And today our conversation focuses on how they're actively improving mental health across their workforce. Tom and I spoke as protests and riots broke out around the country over racial injustice and police brutality. Wow, so much is going on right now, Tom. I am super happy and super grateful to be able to talk to you today on the particularly salient and important topic of diversity and inclusion. And I'm super interested to hear about some of the steps you're taking at CSAA and how you're thinking about it in light of current events. So welcome. Wyvon, thanks so much for having me. I'm really, really honored to be with you here today. Since the time that we first chatted about having this call, even in that last couple of weeks, things have changed materially. All the work I think that our company and a lot of other great companies out there are doing has become even more important than it was. I wanted to take some time and start us off by getting to know you a little bit more and your journey into CSAA. So can you tell me a little bit about your background and how you ended up where you are right now? I was born in Minnesota. That's actually my hometown I saw on the news the other night, uh, which um, was something that was sort of thought-provoking for me to see things erupting there. But I was born into a military family. And uh, when I was younger, we moved around a lot. I The pictures I have are in different cities and on military bases. I went to college at the University of Washington not really knowing that I was headed for the insurance industry, but it happened. Over the years, I've learned a lot of people in insurance didn't actually plan on being in insurance, but they ended up there. Just over a year ago, I came out here to the sunny state of California to uh, join CSAA Insurance Group. This is one of AAA's uh, three insurers, and we cover about 23 states and have been in business for over 100 years. With the tense time that we all find ourselves in, CSAA and Tom have taken a vested interest in the mental health and well-being of their employees. For Tom, his approach and compassion towards mental health started at an early age. 
Today, CSAA has implemented new strategies and programs to make mental health a priority. I'm curious, just thinking about your employees for for a little bit, one of your big focuses, even before COVID-19 happened, uh, has been mental health. And, you know, in response to these events, I know you've announced that you're going to be offering virtual facilitated conversations on the emotional impact of what's happening. Can you tell me a little bit more about your approach there and and what inspired it? I've been thinking a lot about this topic of mental health. Uh, It's something that we want to focus on while we're so separated from each other is making sure that we're paying attention to that. And I go back to a story uh, my my dad was very active in our community, and he was the CEO of a regional hospital. And I can remember very vividly going to church, and there was a, a woman in this small town who, sadly, everyone thought uh, was suffering from mental health issues and talked about that. And she would often make the rounds on Sunday to go to different churches. And she was at our church often, and more than once on the way home from church, she would be walking to wherever she was going. And my dad and the family car would pull over and offer her a ride to her next spot. And at the time, as as a kid, you maybe don't want to be associated with that. But there was my dad saying, doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. It's a hot day. She needs a ride somewhere. We're going to pick her up and we're going to give her a ride to her next next destination. And that's just one small example. But I learned a lot, I guess, about this issue of thinking about others and trying to walk in their shoes from my father. I'm happy for that. I'm glad for that. I hope I've done the same for my kids. Starting early is important. We've always been committed to the health and well-being of our employees, and we're always working to try to make sure they have resources available to them. I think the other work that needs to take place is we need to break down the stereotype or the stigma that is associated with mental health. If I come in with a broken arm, I don't feel any fear of a stereotype around that. If I need to go to a physical therapist after I'm out of my cast and get treatment and get myself healthy again. But in our society, there's still a stigma around mental health. And so it's oftentimes this thing that a people don't even want you to know about and uh, B would not want to make it sound like they need special attention in order to get better. So we've been making this a big focus and we plan to continue to focus um, in this space. We were already thinking this way before the pandemic, but we realized right away this would be even more important than it was before. And then I think that's only been extended further with the recent um, civil unrest We're looking to build networks with other employers and share insights and find new tools uh, that we can uh, provide to our employees so that we can do a better job in this space. I wanted to to talk a little bit about some of the specific things that that I've seen highlighted that you're doing. So, for example, I know that later this year, uh, you all are planning to host conversations around race. I'm also aware that you are holding groups uh, for people to want to engage in uh, meditation and fitness classes to support mental and physical well-being. Can you talk a little bit about some of those specific initiatives? 
Right. So you're, you're on it. We have a number of different things that we're doing both near term and intermediate term. Near term, we're going to be offering some virtual facilitated conversation forums that we'll invite all employees to. And if they'd like to participate, it's opening up a channel of communication between employees and allowing us to even capture some sentiment that's out there that we want to support in some way. Later, or what I would call intermediate term, but still this year, and this is part of our 2020 inclusion and belonging strategy, we're going to host explicit conversations about race, perhaps the same kind of a forum environment uh, and facilitated to make sure that we can get the conversation started um, in the right way. Uh, but this is another opportunity for employees to share their point of view and establish a, a vehicle for communicating to fellow coworkers um, regarding how they feel. We have an employee assistance program today that we have felt very good about, and we have been promoting that uh, during this difficult time to remind people that there's a place they can go if they feel they have nowhere else to go to get confidential emotional support. And we make these resources not only available to the employee, but also to the family members. Uh, you mentioned meditation. We have a wellness team that we've utilized for a number of years in the offices. There's a way to do that online, even though we're social distancing. It's an opportunity to have a time out from the work routine uh, that you might have fallen into at home, maybe establish some peace of mind. CSAA recently won two California HR Excellence Awards, one for Best Diversity and Inclusion Initiative and another for Best Wellness Program. I asked Tom about these and other initiatives at CSAA, how they work within the company and the response from employees. I know that you have the Invest in Yourself program, Vitality programs. I'm wondering if you um, could tell us a little bit more about those and if there's any other programmatic initiatives you want to highlight that, that you're doing right now. Absolutely. We focus on uh, diversity at our organization, and we have a lot of programming around that. I don't feel like I'd be doing my team a service if I didn't at least put a plug in for the amazing work that they're doing in this space. We have employee resource groups across the country for Asian Pacific Islanders, Black Employees Association, the Near Eastern Appreciation Team, the Pride Team, the Women's Professional Network, the Military Appreciation Team, just to name a few. The offices take a lot of pride in the various ERGs that are active there. And you'll find that many, many people across the office will participate. And, and that tells me that, that people are engaged and that they are finding value in that. We talked a little bit, we just touched on it, um, but the types of work that we're doing in the wellness space. Wellness is not only good for the employees, but it's also good for the organization um, to have people coming to work who are feeling good, who are healthy, who can be in an environment where other people are talking about um, focusing on health and supporting uh, um, healthy lifestyles. That's good for the organization. And I argue that produces better work. And I'll hit it again because we're trying to focus on this. Within wellness, there is room for improvement when it comes to mental health because that is such an important part. It's back to, again, tuning up your body, 
Uh, you don't think twice about aerobic fitness and you shouldn't think twice about uh, mental health fitness either. We have a vitality program that helps people with incentives and um, there's a point scoring system that sort of gamifies the idea of investing in your health. And in this program, you can get points for sleep, for meditation, and there are other well-being exercises that you can do that you get points for, and it helps reinforce that you're investing on a regular basis. Currently, we're at a boiling point. Communities refuse to stay silent about the police brutality that plagues our country. CSAA and Tom responded, expressing support for their Black employees and the Black community at large. So for those of you who may be listening, just to catch you up a little bit, we're recording at a very uh, interesting time. Right now, many of our cities are still on lockdown because of COVID-19, and there are significant travel restrictions restrictions on where we can work. And we're also seeing civil unrest in response to police violence uh, and police brutality. Just a few days ago, you came out with a statement on behalf of CSAA outlining uh, your position and some actions that you intend to take. And so I want to ask you, what, what motivated you to put that statement out and can you tell us a little bit more about it? Yeah, thanks, Wyvon. And let me preface this by, you know, extending my sympathies to the the Floyd family and and all that are affected by this. This is a really sad time uh, for us as individuals, as and as a nation. I've seen the same things that you've seen in the media: the horrific events that unfolded in Minneapolis, and it just doesn't seem human to not comment on it in some way and try to extend sympathies and try to provide support for our team members. You know, we, when we open an office in an area, one of our aspirations is to attempt to hire in such a way as to mirror the communities where we work. And so it felt both necessary and it felt like an obligation to reach out and make it clear that we as an organization as a community of team members who are working together, don't feel good about this, about what's happened. And we want to make our voice heard where we can. We also want to support each other. And in that vein, this is where we're going to practice some of the the muscle that we've been building in terms of helping our employees out with regard to mental health and listening more intently to how each other are feeling and finding a path forward. That's the motivation behind putting the message out there. In an effort to prompt conversations among employees and transparency from the top down, CSAA has created resources to facilitate a dialogue among their teams and to have employees' voices heard at all levels. So, Yvonne, you and all of the listeners that might be out there have probably been in a communication session with a leader. The leader pontificates about whatever their message is, and then they open it up for Q&A. Most of the time, there's sort of this awkward silence in the beginning, and people are waiting to see who makes the first move. Also, sometimes that verbal interaction or that interaction where a person has to 
physically raise their hand, be called upon, and then verbalize a message in front of their peers tends to inhibit the real questions that are out there, that process. People might feel embarrassed to ask a question. They might be worried that the person who's going to answer the question will judge them based on the question that they asked. And so we implemented a a new tool that technology has allowed us to use. Uh, It's a virtual interaction tool. I announced it during the meeting as this is one of those meetings where not only did I ask you to bring your mobile phone, but you're going to get to use it during the meeting. And we send them a link. They log in. It's anonymous. And we start them off by doing some interactive voting where we say, here's a question. We put a slide up and say, how do you feel about this question? Answer A, B, or C. People answer. And in real time, we show them how the room answered that question. But now here's the important listening part. When that's over, they have the opportunity to type in any question they want. It will show up on the screen and other members of the audience can upvote the question if they too want that question to be answered. What this brought out, Yvonne, was a set of questions that I don't think we would have heard before. Some of them are cheeky and asking a personal question about my dog, or there was one about whether or not I like pineapple on pizza. The answer to which is, it's fine. I, I like it. But others were really serious, important questions, and they got upvoted significantly that I don't think would have come out otherwise. This taught me even that there are other more innovative ways of listening. It's about first, though, creating a safe environment for the engagement to take place. And uh, now we're beginning to address them, which is great. One of the many things that struck me in this conversation with Tom was his emphasis on using his position as a leader, not to pontificate, but to be an active listener in difficult conversations. What advice would you give other leaders right now in terms of leveraging the tools they have at their disposal to make sure that their team members, their employees, those that they have a relationship with, feel included and feel supported? Well, it's probably the case that I could learn more from other leaders than they could learn from me. But if I was to offer one piece of advice, to me, this feels like a time to focus more on listening. And maybe that's hard for leaders because, again, they got to where they are by being the voice instead of the listener. Some of these messages, they're very complex and they're deep-rooted. You've got to spend the time to, to work through it to make sure that you're really getting the full complement of pain, of history. The complexity of the message itself goes back generations. And so for someone to come in and read a paragraph or watch a five-minute clip of the news and pretend that they understand it and they have the answers just doesn't feel right. I think that is a lot of what's boiling over right now. It's possible that The people sending the message are making it clear to us that we haven't spent time listening and we need now to to double back and do that. Looking in the future from this moment, I'm curious, what do you want your legacy at CSA to look like? How do you think about it? We've talked about listening a lot in this call, but if the organization was better at listening, And it had become second nature, not something that had to be thought about. I would consider that 
a major achievement, a life achievement, really. And so I hope that I'm able to contribute to that first by setting a good example and being a good listener, an active listener, not just a quiet listener, but an active, but good listener. And I hope that, and not only setting the example, I can help to support my team in enhancing their listening skills as well, and that that can cascade throughout the organization. Well, thank you so much. Uh, this has been such a wonderful and wide-ranging conversation that has happened at a really important time. Wish you all the best. So thank you. Thank you very much for joining us. Thanks for hosting this, Yvonne. And uh, I look forward to seeing you in person sometime soon. I'm so happy that I got a chance to sit down with Tom today. In many ways, the conversation about mental health, at least for me, feels right on time. As a country, we're at a particularly powerful moment. Powerful and precarious, it honestly feels like we could go in any direction. As a country, I think we're feeling more vulnerable than we ever have before. It's a, it's a time for reflection. So I think the conversation about mental health is one that is particularly salient in this moment. How do we better take care of ourselves? How do we take care of each other? So what did you learn today from Tom Troy and CSAA Insurance Group? And similar to CSAA, how should companies stand up for their employees from marginalized communities? Let us know in the comment section. We want to hear from you. We also want to know what you think of the show, so leave us a review. Subscribe to Time to Act for free and hear our conversations with people who are leading the charge to improve diversity and inclusion in their companies and across industries. I'm Yvonne Hutchinson, and until next time, let's keep the conversation going.